All right, so we're just going to go through um, God is love, what we've been talking about. We started with pre-creation. We went on to creation, to conflict, conflict, covenant, Christ, and then we've been talking about the church. Now, what did we learn about the church? We learned that the church was formed, and it was, and then it was, and then it was restored. And so now we're looking um, and we're on our moving to our next phase, which is recreation, which is recreation. What is our new phase? And so the series under recreation is the next big thing. The series is what? The next big thing. Now I'm going to go ahead and let the, the cat out of the bag. The next big thing is heaven. Amen. Amen. Is there anybody that's trying to experience the next big thing? If you just wave, wave at me if you're trying to experience the next big thing. Um, the next big thing is heaven. And so we're going to be looking at Matthew 25, which talks about the preparation that we need to do in order to be ready for the next big thing. And before we look at the scripture in Matthew 25, Matthew 24 kind of outlines what's going to happen before Christ comes back. It talks about how nations will begin to fight nations and there'll be wars and, you know, there'll be all these things going on and things that we're kind of seeing right now. Are we living in a world that just doesn't make sense? I don't know if you're living in the same world I'm living in, but there's a lot of things going on that just don't make any sense. And so then it goes on to say in Matthew 25, we're going to read, it says, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five of them were wise. Now, five of them were foolish, and five of them were wise. All right? The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps. But the other five were wise enough to take along a little extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please, give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, We don't have enough for all of us. They said, Go to a shop. They said, Go to Walmart. They said, Go to Target and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy the oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. The door was what? The door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or the hour of my return. Now, there are a few things that I want you to look at from this text um, as we move forward. And before we get started, really, the lamp in, uh, in, the, in the scripture represents the word of God. All right? The oil represents the Holy Spirit. Okay? Now, I want you to realize they were all church people. All right, listen to me. Look, look at me right fast. That means that they were all in this room. All right, Andre, I don't know if you were foolish or wise, but I'm just saying they were all made up from people in this room. Tamika, I don't know. I don't know if you fell on the foolish or the wise side, but Shanae, they were all in this room. They came, they came from the church. All right, I'm not saying.
seeing that there were five foolish ones that were outside of the church that didn't know God, and that there were five wise ones that were in the church. All right? Are, we, are you with me? I'm saying that all ten was in the Omni building. All right? Okay. They were all waiting for him. All right? They all appeared to be ready, did they not? And but when the bridegroom came, only five were truly ready. Um, as we look at what's going on in our world, we hear pray for Paris right now. And to be honest, I, I feel like every other day it's, it's something new that we're praying for because there's just so many things happening right now. And as I look on Facebook and on social media and I see people's statuses, I see pray for Paris. But at the end of most of the statuses I saw, Lord, come soon. Jesus, come quickly. Lord, hurry and come back. God, save us all. And so as I thought about that, are we truly saying, are we truly believing, are we truly asking God to come back? Are we saying, Lord, come soon because we're ready? Come soon. Do we realize that the things are actually happening? And if the Lord was to come soon, would we find ourselves with the five foolish or would we find ourselves with the five wise? Let's, let's have a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you so much for this day. God, we thank you so much for just allowing us to be in this place right now. God, I'm asking that you would open our hearts, that you would clear our minds, that we might be able to just hear a word from you and just understand what it is you have us for right here in this moment. God, I ask that you would speak through my lips, that they might see you and not me, and God, that things might be clear and that people might be saved, lives might be changed, and that we would all leave here better than we came in. In your precious name, we do pray. Amen. Amen. So a, a, a modern-day version, now, of the lamps with the oil. Now, I, I'm, I'm not old enough to remember any lamps and oil. I've never used lamps and oil. I don't know if some of you may have used lamps and oil. But, um, I, <laughs> okay, you did. All right. Um, so what I think of, I, I can only compare it kind of to a candle. Now, a candle, you know, a candle has wax. So now, if I had have done correctly, I would have had the, 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 you know, the objects to show you. But we all have an imagination. Wave your hand if you have an imagination with me. Oh, come on. Imagination. All right. So you have a large candle. You know that nice-sized Yankee candle, those nice candles that smell real nice. Yes? Are you with me? Okay. You, do you see it? Do you see it? All right. It's the peppermint smell. There you go. All right. You have those candles. And if any of you have ever decorated, you know you have those small candles. It's like a a tea tree candle, tea light candle. It's very small and it's little. And it it has like a little bit of wax. But this one has a lot of of wax. And so I can only compare it to kind of like the the, the wise people showed up ready with enough wax that was going to last. All right. But the foolish came with a little, just a little bit. Now, they they were ready. They had something there. They did have some light, but it wasn't enough to last too long. All right? They they didn't bring two. You know, they didn't bring, because it comes in about a bag of 50. They didn't bring the whole bag. They just took one out, and they brought one. Now, when we look, we saw that the, the lamp represents the word of God. Now, see, they all had a lamp. So that means, the scripture is not saying that some of them didn't understand the Bible, that they didn't know the scriptures, that because we already said that they were all in the church, all right, because they all came from Euclid. They were all in the Omni, all right, Andre? They were all here. Okay, so they all had an understanding of the scripture, all right? Now, the, the pastor told us last week that knowledge is different from wisdom, 
All right, just because you have knowledge of something does not mean you know how to apply it and actually have wisdom. The thing is that they all had the scriptures. They knew them. They, they, I'm not saying they could quote the whole Bible, but they, they knew a little bit. They knew enough to make it last. They thought they were good. They were in the church. They were coming from week to week. And because they were coming from week to week, they thought that they were A-OK and that they could say, Lord, come soon. Because when they said, Lord, come soon, they would be ready because they went to church and they knew the scriptures. And they did just enough to be able to make it in. But you see, they said they ran out of oil. And the oil represents, the oil represents, all right, now if we're looking at a candle, can you go back? If we're looking at a candle, can you go back with me? A candle with no flame is not operating at its maximum potential. It's not serving its true purpose. Now, if I give you a candle and you don't have a lighter, you have nothing to light it, I mean, is it, is it functioning? I mean, I mean, technically, you can kind of take that candle and you can kind of, you know, put it up to your nose and, you know, it can, it can serve some purpose for you. You know, it might, smell, it might smell nice. You know, you'll still get the smell. You'll still smell the peppermint. But it's not functioning at its best potential. You know what I'm saying? If you take the lighter, if you hold it close to your hand, I mean, you know, you might be able to warm up your fingers. You know what I'm saying? You can do something, but it's not functioning at its best potential. But when they get together, okay, you have a candle, and now that candle can smell up the whole room because the candle was made for that because that was the candle's purpose. Now, we're looking at the fact that they had the word of God, but it says that they did not have the Holy Spirit. We're going to look at a quote from um, Ellen White. It says, without the spirit of God, a knowledge of his word is of no avail. The theory of truth, unaccompanied by the Holy Spirit, cannot quicken the soul or sanctify the heart. One may be familiar with the commands and promises of the God. Now, it says that they might be familiar with the commands and the promises of the Bible, but unless, unless, unless the Spirit of God sets the truth home, the character will not be transformed. Without the enlightenment of the Spirit, men will not be able to distinguish truth from error, and they will fall under the masterful temptations of Satan. Listen, God told me to tell you that when he comes back, he's looking for people with character. He's not coming back to get weak people. He's not coming back to get people who don't know him. He's not coming back to get people that don't have character. Now, what does character mean? Now, this is just like a regular Webster dictionary. Character is defined as the way someone thinks, feels, and behaves. It's the mental and moral qualities um, and moral qualities distinctive to an individual. Now listen, he wants people with a godly character. Can you look at yourself and say you have a godly character? I'll let you answer that question while I get some water. Can you look at yourself? (laughs) Can you look at yourself and say that you have a godly character? 
I um, think of the time that I was a bridesmaid, you know, modern day weddings. You know you see the Bridezilla videos and stuff like that on TV, and you know you hear stories about weddings, but you think that all that stuff is really just, you know, TV. Like, that's not real life, until I was in a wedding. And um, I was the maid of honor, and you know, you know, there's things that come along with, you know, all the girls together, and there's just things that come with it. And to be honest, I really thought that stuff was on TV because I realized <laughs> that my character was tested in the process of being a bridesmaid because I realized how many people were so selfish. The wedding is not about you. The wedding is about the bride. And so my character ended up being tested because as far as I was concerned, that was my friend. That's my homegirl. I'm concerned about her being happy. So what you had to say does not matter, okay? So my character was tested because there were a few people that I kind of wanted to tell about themselves and, you know, stopping their tracks. You know what I'm saying, Shelly? You feeling me? Listen, I'm saying there was a few things, but I had to stop myself and say, listen, it's not about me. Where is my godly character? My character was checked. Do you have a godly character? Because when God comes back, he's looking for somebody who has a godly character. Now, the Holy Spirit enables you to have a godly character. The Holy Spirit enables you to have a godly character. Um, I'm going to show you the problem. Let's look at this next text. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. What is that saying? That's saying you, your natural inclination. What you want to do is evil. You want to be evil. That's what you, that's what you lean toward. That's what, that's what you want to do. That's what you know. Listen, this is the Bible. This is not me talking. This is what you want to do. You lean toward being mean. You lean, you lean toward sin. And it, it says that the spirit ought to be the one guiding your life in order so that you can do that. Let's go to the next, the next text. It says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Listen, I'm going to stop at, at, at other sins like these because some of you sat here and said, well, listen, I don't drink. Well, I'm not envious. And you want to point out the things that you don't do. But the reality is it says, and other sins like these, meaning that that means that's covering your sin because all of us have something yeah. that we're dealing with. Yeah. So let's not look down and say, well, I, I, I'm not on that list, even though that's a long list. I believe you got something in there. But, you know, it, it, it's saying that regardless of what it is you're suffering with and what you're troubled with, is covered. All right? It says, let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's Bible. <laughs> as we look further down in Galatians, it says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these Things. So the reality is, listen, the Bible is saying you naturally lean towards sin. That's your natural inclination. 
And the Bible is saying, but I've given you the Holy Spirit in order to help you redirect your natural inclination. What it's saying is that you cannot do it by yourself. Listen, it's saying that you might want to do good, but because you lean towards your natural inclination, you can't do it without the Spirit. It says that if you, if you have the spirit, it will give you peace. It will give you gentleness. It will lean you to the right direction. But we're so busy trying to do it by ourselves, staying, leaning toward our natural inclination, and not taking the time to realize that that's near next to impossible. Not near next to, that is impossible. That we cannot, we cannot do it without the Holy Spirit. And so it's funny because, like, whenever I'm, like, preaching and I'm talking to God, I'm like, okay, God, I need you to give me something because I feel like this right now is a duh moment. I feel like, duh. I feel like you already knew that. And God's like, okay, yeah, it is a duh moment, but then I got to ask you the question. You already knew that, but are you, are you doing it? Like, are you operating in that? <laughs> like, are you operating? You know that. Yes, this, this is a duh moment. You've heard this before. You know that you need the Holy Spirit. But are you operating in that? And then uh, let's just talk about the Holy Spirit for just a second. I I, I love the Holy Spirit. I do. I do. I would be lying. I would be lying if I told you otherwise. We got kind of personal in first service, so we're going to get personal in second service as well. That's all right. Um, Because I kind of felt like I was just talking, but at the same time, we got to a point, so let's just just stick with me. This is also going to serve as twofold. It's going to help you get to know me a little bit better because I feel like we need to begin building those relationships so you know who I am, how I got here, and that we learn from each other, all right, if if that's all right. So the Holy Spirit is, is not something that you just, the Holy Spirit is not something that you can just, uh, 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 you say you don't have the Holy Spirit. There's people here, you hear people all the time saying, well, I don't really hear the Spirit, I don't really hear the Spirit of God. Um, I'm, I'm going to argue with you that that's a lie. I'm going to argue with you that that's a lie. Um, I'm going to argue with you that if you pray and say that you want the Holy Spirit, that God's going to pour out the Spirit. And that Nine times out of ten, or better yet, ten times out of ten, the Holy Spirit is talking to you, but you choose not to listen. So some of us, we have a problem where we're hearing it and we choose not to listen, but some of us, because we, because we, don't, really, we don't really like what the Spirit is saying, <laughs> so because we, don't like, because we don't like what the Spirit is saying, we kind of go with, well... I don't really hear from the Spirit. I don't know, I don't know who I hear from. But that's not God. Because God's not saying what I want him to say, so it can't possibly be God. We talked about this at um, um, Go Universities on Tuesdays here in this room at 715, right here in my full circle. Amen. See you this week. We talked, <laughs> we talked about um, hearing from the Holy Spirit. And I explained, now don't judge me, but you know you all have that friend, it might be a friend, a daughter, a mother. Um, you know, I have a few friends that I can, we can look at each other and we don't have to say anything. But Monty, I can look at you and you already know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? So half the time, to be honest, it, it's probably bad. You know, like somebody might walk by. Somebody might walk by and you're thinking, well, why she got that on? You know, I, I'm just saying. But I can look at you. <laughs> 
without saying that, I look at you and you know we know what each other are thinking because of the time that we spent together. Like me and Monty, not yet. We really probably can't do that just yet, but I believe if you give us a few more months, we're going to get there because I love her daughter, so I'm going to spend more time with Monty because I love him all day. Listen. <laughs> uh, so, so what I'm saying is, it's the relationship that's formed with those type of people that you can look at them and you just know what they're thinking. You guys don't have to say too many words. You get that way because you spend time. You spend time. You spend time. I can't, I can't do that with Monty just yet because I just got here. I've only been here two months. Sure, we, we've done some things, but I don't know her that well just yet. And it's sometimes like that, that, that's what we do with the spirit. Like We feel like we ought to just be able to hear God. But we don't spend no time with God. And we, we only talk to him when we want something. And so then when we want something, we can't understand what he's saying because we've never heard that. We don't understand what that looks like. So I'm still going to argue with you that you hear the Holy Spirit. I don't know what issue it is or how you're choosing to look at it. But you're just not um, allowing yourself to be acceptable to it, susceptible to him. Um, like I said, I was going to get personal. I, uh, I, I'm trying to, it's weird because I'm pulling my testimony from the middle rather than telling it all because that's just too much. But from the middle, um, I'm from Huntsville, Alabama. So that is where um, Oakwood is, okay? That is uh, um, Seventh-day Adventist College, for those of you that don't know. And it's like the it school, so they claim to think. Um, that's, where you're <laughs> that's where you're supposed to go, <laughs> all right? That's where you're supposed to go. Um, and I came from there... <laughs> And I decided that I was going to move from there and move to Maryland to go to Washington Adventist University, which was another Adventist school. And so, of course, that was just the worst decision anybody could have ever made. Or what were you thinking? How could you just commit this heresy? Like, what are you doing? And then on top of that, you're going to do theology? Like, what, what are you saying? Of course not. Anyway, so I moved from there to there. And let me tell you, I, people don't believe me when I tell you this, but I had no problems with Oakwood, to be honest, as much as I talk about it. I love Oakwood. I grew up there, <laughs> uh, Oakland Academy. <laughs> okay. I had no problems with my mom. I was a good child. I wasn't running away from home. I had, no re I had tons of friends, but I felt like God told me that I needed to go. So I said, okay, God, this doesn't make sense to me either, but because you told me to do it, I'm going to go. I came, I got there, and I hated it. And I said, well, God, <laughs> well, what is this about? <laughs> What is this about? You took me, I was fine here. You brought me here, and now I hate this place. <sighs> but then at the same time, I hate this place, but I mean, I don't really want to go back home because if I go back home, I'm going to have to hear, well, I told you so. You shouldn't have left in the first place. <laughs> and I didn't want to hear that. So I said, well, mm, okay, I don't really want to go back there. I don't really want to go back here. I had some friends that were talking about they were going to go to Argentina, which was out of the country, and to learn Spanish. I was like, I mean, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. Hey, let's go out of the country. Why not? So I end up out of the country to go study abroad, but I didn't care anything about Spanish. Let me tell you, and that's why I don't know it now. I didn't care anything about, <laughs> I didn't care anything about Spanish. And, but yet, because I didn't do that, and I said, okay, God, are you giving me this as an out? I went and I got there, but when I got there, it was the best decision. Oh, my goodness. It was the best decision because, yeah, I didn't go there to learn Spanish, but when I got there, it was a transformational moment because I realized, listen, this was where God, God showed me, listen, I'm going to be the only one who could be there for you. Listen, my family wasn't there. 
My mom wasn't a call away because the phone sucked, the internet was horrible, I couldn't reach nobody. Nobody wanted to send me a package, I'm still in my feelings about it. And I was, I was, I was away from everybody and because I was away from everybody, I realized, dang, God was the only person who was always gonna be yeah. there for me. And no matter how much my mother wanted to be there, she couldn't be there. No matter how much anybody else wanted to be there, they could not be there. And I realized, listen, Yo, this thing that they've been showing me about God is real because he's the only one who's always going to be there. And so let me tell you, me and the Holy Spirit got real tight. Because listen, he was the only one who was there to listen to me. Listen, me and him got real tight because I realized, listen, I can't talk to nobody else because I don't have an internet, I don't have a phone, I don't have this. But he is still here and he's still listening to me. And on top of that, he cares. And it was in that moment and while I was there that I really, truly, I feel like I grew up. I, I met God for, 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 you know, who he really is. It wasn't just somebody that I heard about. I realized, listen, you're going to be the only one. You're the ride or die for real because nobody else can't really do that. No matter how much they want to, they can't. You're the only person who's always, I need you to catch that. I'm not just telling you my story. God is the only person yeah, yeah. who is always going to be there for you no matter where you are. You know, you might think that your spouse can do that, but to be honest, they cannot promise you that. You know, your parents cannot. God is the only one who can promise you that thing. And so I I, I promised God from then out, I said, God, I'm going to listen to you. No matter what you tell me to do, I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen. And I've been trying to listen ever since. And so when I got there, I said, okay, I'm going to go back to WAU. I got super involved in everything and just started doing the stuff that got on my nerves that I hated. I just got involved in it and started changing it. And um, I was working, 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 whatever. And then my senior year, I'm trying to hurry up. My senior year of um, college, I went back home. And you know when you go back home, people, (laughs) you go back home, you're about to graduate, everybody wants to know, well, what are you doing next? Well, what are you going to do? And these, to be honest, it's the same people that, that had all of the stuff to say when I was leaving in the first time. Well, what are you going to do with your degree? Well, what are you going to do now? You know, will you be able to get a job? You know, do they really care? Like, or do they, are you just in my business? Or do you really care? Anyways, so they're saying all of that. And to be honest, I went through three months, three long months of just pure anxiety. Crazy. Crying, confused, questioning God on every level. God, what did you bring me here? God, what are you doing? God, I don't know. I have no clue what I want to do. God, why, 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 why? Questions, 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 questions. And eventually God told me, listen, I didn't bring you this far to leave you. I got this. You just worry about <laughs> you just worry about finishing. Get your work done. And, and tell these people, this was my answer. I said, listen, God didn't tell me yet what I'm about to be doing. If he lets you know first, then you let me know. Okay? Because he didn't tell me yet, and I'm, I'm, I'm on his time. I'm doing his thing. I can't tell you what I'm doing because he didn't tell me yet. He didn't tell me. So I, I was done with them. So I finished school, whatever. We go, and actually before I finish, this is God, before I finish, um, they offer me a position to stay there to be the chaplain at the university. Now, a lot of times when God blesses you, you don't really see the blessing. All right? Because I'm praying about it, and then they're like, stay here. And I'm like, ooh, hold on. <laughs> I mean, I've been here long enough. I, I did my time, you know. I served in several capacities. God, is this you? Because I'm, t- I'm, I'm ready to go. Like, I'm ready, I'm ready to get out of here. I'm done. I'm done. I, I was done. 
And um, like, I really was just like, okay, I don't know, I gotta figure this out. And one day after worship, I was in my car, music blasting, and two of the students walked by, they texted me, like, yo, Regina, you jamming in the car, da, 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 da. I was like, oh, my bad. And they're like, no, you're fine. But I turned the radio off. And I sat there, and it sounded like this. Quiet. I never do that. Y'all see how fast I talk. I hope y'all keeping up. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I know I'm going fast, especially on um, it's always It's always noise. It's always the computer, something's playing, the TV. It's always something. And I sat in silence. And I said, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And this was the first time that, when I say as clear as you hear my voice, as clear as you hear my voice, God said, where will you be most effective? Now, I had to stop myself because I had to look around. I said, listen, now, nobody else in this car but me. And uh, I didn't ask myself that question because I wasn't trying to go. And that's one thing that you need to learn right there. Clearly, I didn't ask myself that question. I wasn't trying to go. It has to be God. You hear God. You just choose to feel like you don't. He said, where will you be most effective? I stepped back and I looked at that. And I said, wow, God, it, it made sense. The whole thing just pieced together. I realized, like, all the stuff that I was doing, because I was doing a lot, which is how I got the job. All the things that I was doing, I knew the students. I knew this. I knew that. Nobody was going to be able to lie to me. They wasn't going to be able to do this because I already knew everybody. I knew the ins and outs. I knew who to trust, who not to trust. And the students already had a relationship with me. They already trusted me, this, 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 this. And I said, God, where will I be most effective? I said, wow, you want me to stay here where you already began something that I didn't realize you began it. I didn't realize what he was doing from the five years before. I didn't realize what he was doing, but he already had the plan. So I said, okay, whatever, hands down, I don't care. I'm doing it. And you always gonna have naysayers. I have people, oh, how much they paying you? This, blah, 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 blah. Listen, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I hear you. Yes, I went through some struggles, but if this is what God wants me to do, I'm gonna do it. I'm going to do it, which brings us to now. <laughs> Three years later, your pastor hits me up here, and he's like, yo, Ohio. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> God didn't say pastor. <laughs> I barely heard him say chaplain, and now you're talking about pastor. And I, I just want to be very clear, just, as, just so that you get to know me and where I'm at, to be honest, like, and he'll tell you, I said, okay, you know, I got off the phone, okay. <laughs> and then I, he called me back, I realized, oh, he's serious, okay, all right, okay, I see where this is going. And I, I, it wasn't, let me tell you this, because there you have the people that always think they know. <laughs> you had the people that would look at your life, and this is what happened to me. They looked at my life and they said, Regina, are you, are you crazy that you would have to, what are you thinking about? You're going to be able to go move, you're going to be a pastor, which in ministry world, quote unquote, looks like a step up. But as far as I'm concerned, it's a different form of ministry. But you're going to be able to go pastor. You're going to get a, a pay raise. You're going to be working with Byron Edmonds. You're going to be able to do this. It's going to good, good on your resume. It's the next thing you need to do. And I said, listen, just because it's a good opportunity does not mean that it's a God opportunity. I wasn't about to pack up and move my stuff from where I know God told me to be. Just because of a good opportunity. Because, see, some of us, that's why we, we get ourselves in some crazy situations because we see good opportunities and we, not, we don't stop to ask God. We don't see if we're supposed to move. 
We see a better job and we go. We see a car on sale and we buy it. Listen, we don't stop to ask. We just see a better thing and we move. And it, I was telling them at first service, listen, this time that y'all think that it took for, for this to happen, I know there was like a lot of time and a lot of things that were going on. Listen, I don't know what y'all were doing up here, but I know that God did that time for me because I needed that time. When I say I prayed about this thing for a whole year and I have a prayer journal to prove it, where it was really just like, God, do you want me to go? God, do you want me to stay? I don't know, God, I don't know. Because I just wanted to make the decision that he wanted me to make. And I'm saying all that to say that clearly, clearly he told me to come. Clearly, he told me to come, but before we make any decision, any decision, you need to ask him. You need to ask God. When I say before you make any decision, you need to ask God. And you got to realize, listen, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is like a cheat sheet. Listen, you have God who knows the beginning to the end. He's Alpha Omega. He knows the beginning to the end. He's Alpha Omega. Omega. He said, listen, I'm going to go, I'm going to send you this comforter, and I'm going to send somebody to guide you. Yeah. Listen, 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 let me, this is really good. I hope you get this, because this could, if, if you get this, watch your life change. Listen, he said, beginning and the end. He knows the beginning and the end, which means if he's the one guiding you, he already knows which way you want to go. He knows the beginning and the end. So when you're trying to figure out, should I go left and right, he already knows whether you should go left or right. If you listen to him, he's not going to steer you wrong. Man, that's a cheat sheet to life. Not to to a a little test. You know how the teacher gives you a little cheat. That's a cheat sheet to life. That's just there, right there, and all we have to do is grasp it, and we're choosing not to use it. You have a a cheat sheet. Like, I'm I'm done, but you have a cheat sheet to life. And you're choosing to try and do this thing by yourself. And clearly, that's not working. You do it by yourself, and we're right back at that scripture we just read. Dealing with all those issues. Struggling with sin. Trying to figure out how to have a godly character. But you can't do it. Because you don't want to ask for help. And you feel like you can do it by yourself, and that is clearly, clearly, clearly not the case. So, I really just want you to understand that before you, I mean, this is so simple, but it's so key to life, before you make any decision, any decision, it's, it's, it's kind of like you have a test and the teacher gives you the answers, sets it on the desk right there. Yeah, but, 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 but then tells you you can use it. You know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not like it's not that they're trying to, it's not, it's not that they're trying to, trying to tempt you. No, no, it's not a tempt. It says, here go the answers. Here go the answers. Here goes the test. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to step, I'm going to walk out the room, like you said, Andre, I'm going to walk out the room, because I, I, I had a teacher that would give us a, 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 give us a final, and then leave the room, but listen, but he didn't say, <laughs> he didn't say to go to answers and do what you want. Listen, 
Man, you just had to, he left it up to, he left it up to us. <laughs> but what God is doing, he says, listen, here's the test. Here are the answers. I'm going to step back because it's your choice. Because I've given you free will. And it's your choice. Whether you want to decide to figure out the answers yourself. Which ultimately, ultimately, I mean, you might get like a three out of a hundred. Or, or, here go all the answers, and you have a guaranteed 100 out of 100. That's that. I'll finish. <laughs> I have nothing else to say. I mean, the choice is yours. I mean, it, it seems quite simple to me. It, it seems... Quite, it seems quite obvious. But a lot of times in life, even though it seems quite obvious, we end up taking and making the foolish decision. Are you in the wise? Or are you going to be part of the foolishness? Clearly we see God is coming back again. And what we learn from the story is that coming to church Coming to Go University, serving, is not what's going to save you. Man, it's allowing the power of the Holy Spirit to take over your life. Building that relationship so you hear clearly. And using the cheat sheet. Look, I can't get over that one. <laughs> I really can't get over that one. Like, we're stupid. I'm talking to myself, too. I'm sorry. Like, I mean, yeah, I talked about how I listen, but I can't promise you that I always listen. Listen, it's right there. And we're trying to do it on our own. Listen, I'm done. If anybody wants to say today, listen, I realize that I've been doing things wrong. The cheat sheet has been right in my face, and I've ignored it. But today you want to say, listen, I, I'm done ignoring it. I want the Holy Spirit just to pour into my life. And, and I, as, I can promise you that as we pray this prayer, you're going to hear from God. And you're going to have to make the decision whether you're going to listen, whether you're going to deny, whether you're going to spend time so you get to hear it clearly, or whether you're going to keep on pushing, listening to your friends, listening to your family. So if you want to say, listen, today, I want to listen more clearly, and I, I want to say that I'm going to use this cheat sheet. I'm going to invite you to stand. And then there might be somebody here who, who needs to say, listen, I, I hear God talking to me right now. The Spirit of God is already speaking to me, and I hear him saying to me right now that I need to give my life completely to him, and I have not done that yet. And if you're here, I want to invite you down now. Because let me tell you, not listening to the voice, it's never a good idea. It takes you the long way, the long way to get to the same destination. So if you're here and you, you've never accepted Christ and you want to say, listen, I want to be baptized. Or you're saying, listen, I, I know that this whole thing is going on. I need Bible study. 